Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference is underway, and Monday's keynote revealed a lot of new stuff. In this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we'll talk about the highlights and lowlights of the keynote, the upcoming operating systems, and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Hello. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Apple had its... WWDC keynote on Monday to introduce the next generation of its operating systems. There's a lot to cover, so I thought we would just dive right in. Maybe we should start with the features that are available across iOS, iPadOS, and Monterey. How does that sound? First, let's just say, hey, no new products. Yeah. That's true. Outside of, you know, software products, but nothing nothing new to buy. which we shocked us all because we were all so convinced. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have bet loads of money that something yeah. related was landing. But to me, there, the the main sort of theme, well, there are a couple of th- main themes, but the main theme that kind of spread across all these, all the software and all their services and all the updates was sharing. It all kind of circles around messages, but it, the idea is that you, you share content with people and, then in all the apps that that content exists in, they get a section where it's shared for you. So if you share photo and photos, there's a new experience when you share a photo with someone in messages, which is something you can do a lot. But then when you open photos, there's a section that's like, here's all the photos that have been shared for you, shared to you. Same thing with Apple Music and news and TV and all the apps. And that's in any device you open any of those Apple apps on, there's going to be a thing with like, here's all the stuff that was shared with you. I think it's just stuff that was shared in messages, but it'd be really awesome if it was also stuff that was like airdrop to you. I don't think I don't think it does, but it should be able to recognize what an airdrop is and, and do yeah, that. They didn't really mention that. It's no. Not, uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. The, the prevailing kind of theme of the whole keynote was this like like the Apple network. And we want everyone to be interconnected and, you know, every you log into one device and here's your stuff and here's the people that you talk to. And everything's kind of this, you know, real nice, friendly, happy network where everyone has Apple devices. Everyone uses all these Apple devices and everyone is constantly going in and out of apps to stay, to, 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 to get the things that they want. And they're all subscribed to stuff. There was a lot of, you know, it just it felt to me that it was a big kind of intermingling of services and, and, and stuff throughout iOS and iPadOS and macOS. So the sharing stuff, is that a way to sort of exploit the benefits of the Apple ecosystem or yeah. is it? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And also to, to get people subscribing to stuff. But is it also a response to our recent pandemic where, you know, we were all kind of separated and needed a way to come together, so to speak. Yes, some of it I think is uh, that that especially the stuff where the the stuff where they use FaceTime uh, yeah. and the sharing stuff, what they call SharePlay, which is where you're going to listen to either Apple Music or uh, watch anything from the TV app or anything like that together with people. Now I don't know to what degree other apps will be able to tie into that, but it, I mean it would be awesome if there's a a framework and Spotify can do this too. But yeah, the, the idea that like, you know, it's a playlist, it's synced with everyone. When you pause it, it pauses for everyone. Everyone can like change the 
adds music to the playlist and reorder it and stuff like that. Like that, that feels like a, we can't get together. So do this online stuff. There, there is, there's a, there's a group activities API. So you will be able to kind of build that stuff into, um, you know, like the, into their own apps, the kind of the, the FaceTime thing. I agree with you. It feels, you know, Jason Snow wrote an article pretty much about this today. It feels like it's all very late and it's going to arrive even later. <laughs> By the time it arrives, like we're going to be hopefully moved on from this whole pandemic thing. People are going to be back in offices. People are going to be going to concerts and, and everything again like we were. Maybe it's preparing for the next one, which will inevitably happen. It does feel like had this arrived last year, it would have been like, whoa, this is awesome. Yeah, it would have now been a like, bigger deal yeah, last year for sure. Yeah. I think part of our life is just that there's there's going to be more remote work. Sure. If now forever. And th- this is just well, we see this on social media with the way that TikTok operates with you kind of passing on things to other people and stuff like that, where it's just this idea of like sharing experiences about what you what song you like or whatever, just being something you do remotely with people. That's the way people operate more and more now. And that's just the way, especially young people and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I, I like all that. I thought it was a huge deal that they're making links for FaceTime that you can schedule a future FaceTime and join it on the web. Yeah, that's 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 from cool. other platforms. You can't initiate it on the web, so you still need an Apple. Someone needs an Apple device. Yeah. But but that was a big opening up of that. And gosh, yeah. that of anything is a year late. Like that's yeah, that's several years late to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, true. It's probably not a precursor to like a full web interface for FaceTime. This is probably as good mm-hmm. as it's going to get, but mm-hmm. it's 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 much better than it was, or well, it is now. <laughs> it will be better in September when it when it when it arrives. Didn't Steve Jobs say years ago that yes. FaceTime was an open protocol, an open standard? He said they were right. going to the standards bodies tomorrow. <laughs> that was in 2014. Yes. <laughs> it's I built, never it was, ever heard another word from him. He had a big slide of all the sort yeah. of o- open web technologies it was built upon, and then yeah. said, "And it's going to be an open standard." Yeah, we're going yeah. to open standard bodies tomorrow, and all this other. And then, yeah, not not never, a never a whisper of it again. Not never. a whisper. Yeah, it became too yeah, valuable maybe. to keep closed. It became like maybe. a message. Yeah, maybe. And you know, it is. It's it's for one on one conversation it's fantastic i mean beyond anything that else that we use yeah it was a way to do video calling back when video calling was difficult point it was person to person it was difficult and messy and didn't work well on cell phones and all that other stuff now (laughs) we've moved on to this world where we do remote work in like groups online and and stuff and it's just part of every people's everyday business schooling and everything else and it's hard to say that it, it can work being part of one platform, right? Right. So it's it's that that kind of thing. It would make a lot more yeah. sense to open up now. If they were launching FaceTime now, it would never catch on, right? Yeah, right. It, uh, even in like small groups, there's always somebody, with the exception of us, <laughs> there's always someone that doesn't have an Apple device. Oh, yeah. So if like FaceTime just doesn't work, now maybe it'll work. I, I don't know if it'll rise to the level where businesses use it or – you know, larger groups use it, but it'll be a little bit easier to get people on board, particularly in families and things, mm-hmm. over FaceTime. Uh, I'm sure that web interface will be will be friendly and extraordinarily limited. You'll be able to see people, and that's probably about it. Yep, it'll it'll yep, it's it'll access your camera and your mic, and you'll right. see people on, on, over WebRTC or something, and then yep, that's it. 
but on the, you know, it'll be one more selling point for an Apple device. And um, the experience on your current devices is going to be loads better than it is now. You were talking about what what goes across all the devices. I think the sharing stuff's the big thing. The, the yeah. idea that like you're you're going to share, you're going to do stuff across devices, you're going to watch TV shows together, and you can watch it on your Apple TV while you FaceTime on your phone. Which and... sounds like like a disaster, but fine. If you want to do that, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Watching TV together, listening to music together. They're calling that kind of feature. They're calling it share play. Mm-hmm. Share play. Yeah. That also supports apps right you can do screen sharing right not necessarily apps per se you're you're sharing your whole screen but and on on the mac i think you share you can share a window so you're just sharing that window not the whole screen mm-hmm. um but yeah it's the same same sort of thing you're just showing your whole screen and that's different from share with you. Shared with you is just a way to, for them to say, hey, whenever somebody sends you stuff in messages, we're also going to highlight it in the app. That's that that's that content. So if they send you a link, there'll be a, a shared with you section in Safari. That's here's all the links that were sent to you in messages. So it's not it's not a real time consuming stuff together thing with FaceTime. It's just about, hey, here's all this. You don't have to go back through a messages thread and find all the links or all the music or photos or anything. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's pretty useful for for photos and and you know, I guess songs and stuff. But it's just it, it just leads me to believe that we we've heard for a long time that Apple has kind of these designs on becoming a, a WeChat type mm-hmm. service amongst its devices, and this is absolutely a step, a big step in that direction. Yeah, except for the fact that it only works in iMessage. <laughs> so you, anyone with an Android sends you, it's right. useless. Right, it's never going to work on Android. They don't care. Right. About, well, I just, just mean... Want, you know, it's an Apple-specific so, thing. Yeah, yeah like um, people send photos in messages and texts all the time, but that's not necessarily going to end up in your shared for you if it's not an iMessage. Ah, uh, yes. Right. We, uh, I'm assuming, like, do we know? I mean, I'm, you know, I, I agree with you, but do we know that for sure? That if you get an SMS picture, right, would it, it or would it appear MMS. in photos? Yeah, I, I, guess? I, I don't know, but I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it too. So, shared with you is kind of the big thing about the new messages or the update to mm-hmm. messages. Yeah. Um, There's new memoji too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder. If people listening, are you as much into Memoji as Apple thinks you are? As far as I can tell, it's only for like Apple presentations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I've seems... never made one. I've never used one. I've never cared about one. It, but maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's like that thing where it's to make an avatar of yourself that's supposed to yeah. be your your contact picture for a right. lot of people. But I, everyone I know, just uses a picture for their contact picture. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. It was it was big for a hot minute when it was new because it synced with your face and people were, did little music videos and stuff. And it, it was, you know, everybody made a 15 second music video with their emoji and shared it yeah, online. Yeah. And then that that all went away cool for like, you right, you said like 10 minutes. Yeah, it was cool enough that Samsung immediately copied it badly. Yes. And and then they yeah. they've even kind of given up on. Yeah, well, you can now get two different eye colors in Memoji. That's gonna yes, push it back into the spotlight. I actually, I, I I know someone who has two different eye colors, and it's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> there 
were just a ton of stuff and yeah, yeah. a ton of it, stuff it was that was a, announced, but then you go to, to the preview websites and you're like, oh my God, there's more. <laughs> and it wasn't all in neat silos, you know? Yeah. It's a funny, it was a funny event because there was a ton of stuff, but when you kind of step back from it, it wasn't anything really like groundbreaking. It was like, here's all the new iOS features and it, you know, it's fine. And right. iPad OS and there's some good stuff there, but I don't know. I, I, I was a, a, a touch disappointed when I, you know, after all the dust cleared and we stopped, you know, moving our fingers on the keyboard and typing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, well, like what really changed? Nothing. You know, Not, FaceTime's nice and, you know, some things are nice, but. Yeah. So it's just sharing is a big push for them. And I think the other big push was this, um, the attention grabbing of all these apps and mm-hmm. stuff with this focus mode and the notifications, mm. changes to notifications and stuff. I was disappointed that there were so little changes to your lock screen. What they all, all it was, was this notification summary idea yeah. for iOS 15. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I worry about that not really being effective. We can get into that in a minute. But, I feel like we've had that before, didn't we? Didn't like didn't they do that at some point? No, you still had everything out as a separate list. You could just deliver things quietly and it would just go in your notification shade. Okay. Um what I worry about with this notification summary is that what it is is when you go to notifications in settings and you look at each app, you get a choice to say deliver this immediately or wait for my notification summary. And a notification summary by default comes twice a day in the morning and the evening and but you can set it up to like 20 times that you can change however many times a day you want it to do and when you want it to come and the idea is that most of the notifications you get don't need to be acted on immediately just don't deliver them to me and have my phone keep grabbing my attention and then i can just once or twice a day catch up on all my notifications in these richer bigger tiles and stuff like that but if it's not a default it's not going to work like the, the app, mm-hmm. uh, iOS has had features where you could get your notifications under control for years. You could go into notifications and and right. f- fix this problem for yourself. If it's something where you have to go into settings and change things, it's not going to work. So I really wonder how much they're going to build in series suggestions or something like that where they're going to say, hey, you get notifications from this app but you don't act on them right away. You don't open that app right away. Would you like to make it come in your notification summary? Like if they don't make it so that people who just use defaults all the time get most of their stuff in a notification summary somehow, it's just going to be one more feature that nobody uses right, right. to deal with their notification spam. And, you know, it's it, it, that can be said for a lot of these features that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if Apple is necessarily understanding how most people use their phones. Yeah, the defaults, it needs to work for people who just don't change anything and just if a pop-up happens, they just hit OK. And they can. They can not change the defaults. And they talked a lot about on-device Siri intelligence for this and that and and a lot lot of different areas and features where they'll suggest things. Maybe that's their solution here. Maybe their solution is, you know, if, if you get a notification and then you don't open that app right away, we're going to go ahead and put it in the note suggest anyway that we put it in this notification summary but yeah i I really worry about it because it seems like a great solution that nobody will use if it's not the default yeah there needs to be a fundamental change it's not just with these new features it's in general i I think like the three of us and probably most of our listeners are the people 
that people go to when they say, how do I do this on my phone Mm -hmm. or on my Mac? And we always just go, it's in the settings, you know, it's, it's, but I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I like I know how to do a lot of those things. I don't do them. I leave a lot of the defaults on too. <laughs> yeah, defaults are way too powerful. Yeah, and, right. And yeah, and I, I I know a lot of people who are not in any way a novice about this stuff. They understand it all, but they're you know notification shade is just a stream. Me, me too. Of yeah. just I, garbage. I like, like once a week, I'll just press clear all. <laughs> Get rid of right. all of them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they, 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 this needs to work for that group of people. I don't know how it's going to work when they launch it, whether to what degree they're going to make these things like work for that set, but th- that needs to be the priority. And it's, and it's not in Apple's interest really, right? Cause, cause apps want to be able to grab your attention often. They want you to pick up your phone often and use the app often. That's how they have success. Apple's kind of at odds with the success of apps in this way if they're going to keep them from grabbing your attention like that. All those, um, that focus thing, same type of a situation. Yeah. Uh, that that they will apparently suggest focus modes based on what you're right. Which doing. Which makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. And like it, you're driving, you're sleeping or whatever it is. Yep. And it sets a, yeah, do not disturb has just become a focus mode. Right. Like it's in the <laughs> focus menu it, it literally has uh like the the bedtime one you know and it kicks off at bedtime but there's ones for studying and all that other stuff and i can imagine that uh, it would look at location and if you're out of school for hours it would set it mm-hmm. suggest setting you know a focus mode for that it goes across all your devices that's cool and and necessary that's one of those things where <laughs> it does you no good to set a focus mode on your phone and then have your like watch pop off all the time yeah, yeah. notifications <laughs> and stuff so i have one uh set for bedtime at uh 10 15 every day and i actively ignore it <laughs> it's there it works <laughs> well the, the idea would be you set a focus mode for i'm working and it goes on at the same time every day and it just limits notifications from certain kinds of things so maybe all my game notifications don't go off but all my social media ones do you know, and, and for, for me at my job, maybe that would be helpful. It does require a certain amount of discipline to set up. And, and I really hope all this on-device intelligence about suggesting it and stuff really works for people because I, I, I worry again that it's a cool feature nobody will use. Yeah, I mean, you, again, you know, there's a there's an editorial in here kicking around my head. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a fundamental difference between how Apple thinks we use our phones and how we, how we actually use them. Yeah. One feature that I was kind of mesmerized by was the new maps yeah they look pretty they, i really love their art style for these yeah. it's pointless like why the hell do you need to know where palm trees are for this <laughs> but they're pretty I, you're not going to see that unless you live in like one of eight yeah, well, yeah. cities in the world right but uh yeah just everywhere they've changed kind of the art style to this almost soft 3d rendering mm-hmm. stuff that looks really good um, and they've just changed the the overview to show vegetation areas and stuff like that, like a lot better. That, it maps it got a really good visual overhaul. Yeah. Um, and then in those cities where they have really detailed data showing stuff like crosswalks and all that stuff, and yeah, yeah re- really good stuff. Uh, Google's kind of doing that too, and it's it's nice to see everybody kind of going that way. Yeah, it's impressive how fast Apple has kind of 
ramped up its its whole maps thing. We're talking about like what two to three years. It's really gotten yeah nice taking now. control of their taking control of their own data. It's a it's a lot to get started on that, but they're they're going quickly. Uh, they talked about it for about two seconds. This AR walking guide thing, yeah. and I want to see more of that because I want to see. They almost made it look like it's just to get you started if you're lost, but I don't think it is. I think it's like you, you, uh, Google, you kick it off Google and you, it. yeah, you and can you, use and it. It'll tell you. Mind. So you like you hold up your phone, it it you know measures a whole space around you, yeah. and then it just basically is like a walking guide. Yeah, where you can, you know, your it shows it, it overlays the directions over the over the, you know, you still got to hold your phone up in front of you, <laughs> yeah. but it, it it overlays the um, you know, where you're going, where you're turning. Yep. Over what you're looking at, it's it's, it's pretty cool in Google Maps. I'm, I'm sure it'll be just as slick in uh, in Apple Maps. Yeah, so I I think that was really cool. Um, that's, I thought the that transit would be stuff even was cooler cool. if we had a pair of glasses. <laughs> right, that's the next step. <laughs> yeah, a lot of this looks right. like stuff that yeah. is in prep for yeah. absolutely, including yeah. all that maps data, everything that it's all working towards that inevitable goal, which is still probably you know yeah, the latest latest rumors say next year that ain't happening. It's all it's always a year away. It's been a year away for several years. That's funny. Um, My guess is 2023, 24 ish, maybe then. Yeah. Not next year. I don't think. I think. I don't think. I think. I think it's way too early. Uh, Transit stuff was cool too in the maps. That was. That's. There's a couple of transit apps that do this stuff where it'll like notify you when this is your stop. You know, so you know to get off. And they 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 kind of built that in, and they built in the ability to like, uh, if there's a line you take every day, you can pin it. So that it's it's always at the top of the data yep. for like when the buses are coming and stuff like that. I if I still lived in San Francisco where I took transit all the time, I would use that every day. Well, it will never overtake Google Maps, but will it? Is it enough to sway people away from Google? Well, again, it's it's the whole default thing. You know, it's the default on a billion iPhones or or however many they 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 they're selling. Well, it's weird because as as much as it's the, the, the default and maybe it's because it's just my circle, but the people that I know, I mean, you guys use Google Maps instead of Apple Maps, correct? I I'm, I kind of use Apple Maps more so now that it, you know, now that it's pretty good. That that's kind of yeah. my go-to, but I do have Google Maps installed and mm-hmm. and Google Maps is better for um traffic still. But um, I think Apple is getting better at it, you know, real-time stuff, uh, crowdsourcing. That's the, the biggest thing is that, that Waze integration that, that Google has. Uh, that's that's tough to compete with. In my, my old car used CarPlay all the time and always used Apple Maps. So for driving directions and stuff like that, and I felt it was great for that. The place Apple Maps falls down compared to Google Maps for me is when I need details about a place. When is it open? What's its rating? Is it good? Stuff like that. They're, they're pulling in stuff from Yelp and yelp is still sketchy like i i, I can never trust yelp i can never really feel like i'm getting real <laughs> information data from it and they're not keeping on top of updates to things like changing hours and stuff unless it's a really really big location so they have a new card in apple maps to present that stuff and i was 15 but i don't think the data is different i think they're just freshening up the look of location details safari also has some new changes that are across the board specifically with tabs i'm actually kind of excited about i know it sounds weird to be excited about tab groups <laughs> you know I'm, I'm i'm with you no i like i like what they're doing I, I, the whole concept of it is awesome i like safari a lot i i think it's 
easily my favorite web browser. I know it's you know it's easy to say because it's Apple and it's everywhere, but it, I, I I I like it, and this is this will make me use it more probably. Yeah, it's they're not the only one to do this sort of tab groups yeah, concept, sure, right? Um, but the, the idea that the, the way they're doing it looks good, the way they've changed tabs. I hate how like if you open two tabs on Safari, they're they're each half the width of the whole browser window. So they've changed that. Now the tabs are small and they're up by the the URL bar is just the current tab, and then all the other tabs are just left or right of that. You yeah. know, so they they make your current tab the URL bar. I'm gonna go on record saying that I am already going to hate the semi-translucent address bar. I hope there's a way to turn that off because <laughs> I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. Two, two things keep me from using Safari on my Mac. And that's uh, one is that the, I like to have my bookmarks bar up. I like to have all my bookmarks on a bar and quickly open them. And it's the, the text is tiny and there's no way to change it. It's just, it's, there's no setting for that anywhere. Uh, and I don't know, <laughs> they never show that they never put the bookmarks bar up. So I don't know if that's changing. The other thing is that it's really aggressive about halting background tabs to the degree where when you go back to a background, a, a tab that you haven't been to in a while, it reloads the page. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. fine with them pausing the tab, but don't reload the page when I go back to it. That no. just drives me batty and I can't find any kind of extension to stop that or anything. But yeah, big stuff. The the tabs, the tab groups go to follow you around devices and everything. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, it changes Safari on iPhone completely. Like the the tab bars at the bottom, your address bars at the bottom, and it goes away. And you just swipe left or right on it to go to different tabs instead of hitting the little tab bar and opening it up and everything. So um, yeah, huge huge differences. Oh, and the the big one extensions on iPad and iPhone. Mm-hmm. That's going to be huge. Yeah, big, big, big time. Yeah, it's kind of a wonder that it's taken this long for them to do that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Apple. <laughs> it take five years to do something, then they talk, talk about how they it's the greatest thing you've ever seen. You know, I think a lot of it may have had to do with this Apple Silicon project where it's like, okay, well, we have to make a Safari for the M1 Max, right? The Safari mm-hmm. that runs on these Macs. Well, now... It's the same Safari. It really is the same Safari everywhere. Once they make things work in one place, it's easy to make it work somewhere else. Like the biggest visual changes are coming to, I guess, the iPad. But um, I really like the kind of workflow stuff on the iPhone with, like you said, the address bar at the bottom, the tab Mm -hmm. groups. Like it's it's all going to be make it make it so much easier and friendlier to use. Yeah, I I I just want my I just want a bigger bookmarks bar. That's all I want. (laughs) That that and stop reloading. background tabs when they go back to them. Um, and I have no idea if they're going to address that on the Mac, but that's, that's the main thing that keeps me from using Safari on the Mac. Um, iPad OS, I, I got to tell you, iPad OS 15 is what iPad OS 14 should have been. Like, right. like almost not. everything they got yeah. was just it was iOS a, it was 14 a, stuff. Right. That's a year late. Exactly right. And it's still not what we really want. Yes. The multitasking right. is better and easier, it's not. All right, it's easier. It's not better. It's they the give you more control. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, so they they basically made it easier for people who had no idea it was there to use it. The people who are already mm-hmm. using it, you're not getting you're not really getting anything new out of it. You you can kind of multitask in more places, which I guess is useful. Like you can notes, see it more the when you. Thing is cool. Yeah, yeah. There's that the uh, that that shelf thing is 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 helpful. Yeah. 
And just yeah, when you're looking at your your multitasking interface, not multitasking, when you're looking at your your interface of all the screens, you you can see the overview, you can see, and you can drag apps into right, which you always should have been able to do. I've tried to do that. I can't even tell you how many times. And it doesn't it's like well, why doesn't this work? But it's still too the, convoluted. They they need to like get rid of slide over and just do this other like there's still too many ways to multitask that are different and have different capabilities and gestures and stuff. And they need to kind of unify it. But but they are making it so that you can have, there's always at least now a little tab at the top that lets you go like split view this <laughs> like right. stuff that i can't Which, believe wasn't there before yeah right i mean it's been multitasking was ios 12 yeah like it's been many years to get the, a, a bar the uh the, the notes is probably my most i'm, I'm most interested in the, in the notes that quick notes thing because mm-hmm. that's that's the that's kind of mac osy where you can bring up a floating little window and then and then kind of shoo it away when you when you're done and then it syncs to everything like that that's yeah. cool in fact, I think that is also on Mac OS, and you can assign a hot corner to it. It's it's just notes, though. Like I yeah. would like that with like a calculator or with other things. <laughs> oh yeah, know. yeah. Oh, These there's are... no calculator still. <laughs> there's no calculator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's. They still aren't yeah. making the iPad Pro, right? It's it's so it's so frustrating because like. Like it literally was was your wish or whoever wrote the wish list. Yeah. It was a lot of that stuff, but it still feels so incomplete. Still no Xcode. Still no, no Xcode. Right. Swift Swift playgrounds. Like come on, I don't code, but if I did, I'd be like, get out of here. Yeah, that's that's baby steps, and yeah. it's it's like telling us to write in text editor or something. Like like, like I'm not doing that. I mean, it's cool if you do that, but they should still also have. Xcode, they should have uh, final, especially Final Cut and Logic. Like, where are these things? That's... There was nothing to address the brand new, awesome iPad Pro that just right. came out, or or the one that came out last year or two years or... before, or <laughs> since they've been making these Pro iPads. Yeah. You yeah. know, they've been telling us these are Pro devices, and all they do For is what? run consumer the same stuff consumers do yeah. faster. Yeah, all over and, and over, and, and it's not even that much faster. Like it's the iPad, I have an iPad Air two from like four years ago. That's pretty damn fast. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it, there's no reason, there's no need right. for any there's of that. No so, need. sixteen yeah. gigs of RAM for what? What are we using <laughs> that for now? <laughs> yeah, it's very frustrating because they did, they did do a lot of the stuff we wanted a year late. Like the app library stuff, cool widgets, cool. Right, and widgets, Notes, cool anywhere, and Safari, extra large cool. widgets. Yeah. yeah, but what, 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 why? It's, what, yeah, like, it's, what, it's all stuff that, game here? this is what iPadOS 14 should have looked like. Yeah. Exactly. And I wonder why it didn't, like, what, what stopped them from doing this? And did they, did they, like, taking the thunder away from iOS? Like, it's so weird that it's, here's iOS 14 and iPadOS 15, basically. Very strange. Uh, the FaceTime stuff is cool. Like, there, there, there's fine stuff there. Just you know, buy an iPad Air if you want it. it or yeah. Buy, uh, buy the Mini when it comes out. Like it's you just don't need still pro. not pro. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing that makes it a pro. And I do think that at least this year, when I look at iOS and iPad OS, I don't feel like there's iOS stuff missing from the iPad. Um, so there's there's that, but I still feel like it's having a hard time convincing me iPad Pro is meaningful and i'm starting to wonder if it ever will be maybe like there's no plan there 
we kept thinking, okay, here's the plan. iPad Pro M1, it's coming. If you're the kind of person who uses Procreate <laughs> or something like that where they're doing like brush simulation and stuff, like it's great, but that's just not like that market isn't huge. That's not who they're trying to sell iPad Pros to. That's not the only one they're trying to sell iPad Pros to. Obviously trying to sell iPad Pros. I mean, we, we didn't even get like expanded little desktops. All right. Like that brings up the one thing that I thought in the whole so presentation was so magical. Like to. that was yeah, absolutely like we, people talk yeah. about Apple magic or whatever, but that was that thing where you take something technically possible, but difficult and you make it look so easy. You're exactly right. So, exactly right. so cool. Yeah, the, that whole thing was like, that was like right out of Steve jobs. Like, yeah. saying, boom, you know, yeah. it's awesome. Use your, use your keyboard and mouse on one device and just move your cursor. Just move it off the screen to the direction of your other thing, nothing to set up. I don't even know how it knows I don't, if it's I don't on the either. left or the right, but it knows the, and you just diverge, drag it over there. Diverge wrote a story and said that it's losing using a Bluetooth low energy and stuff, but it was it's still like, well, how, but still. how does it really do it? Yeah, but how's it? Yeah. <laughs> how I, do they I, do this? I know how they know proximity, but, yeah, it's, but it's, like it's, it's awesome. Yeah. To go, awesome. what if I put my iPad on the left? Does it know it's off my left? Yeah, it does. How? It does. I don't know. Yeah. It's magic. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 very very cool. But going across multiple Macs and iPad with just one keyboard and mouse or touchpad and and dragging and dropping between them and stuff like that completely changes the usefulness of the iPad as a sort of pro device because if there's content creation type stuff you you want to do with touch and and especially the pencil and you're doing it on your iPad the ability to be on your Mac and just like go over there and get it, come back and not having to switch context switch to different controls. Just so cool. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, they're, they're calling it a, a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a Monterey feature, but it's really an iPad feature. Yeah, it's really both. Right. I think you, I think if you didn't have an iPad, you could just do two Macs because they showed it going across two Macs. A desk, they showed it with an M1 uh, iMac and a MacBook and an iPad and going across all three with just one control. So it's also a great way to just kind of use your laptop and desktop together. Totally. Yeah. And it, it leads me to believe that they're going to expand this with the M1 chip, maybe an Apple displays in the works. Like it kind of opens up a, a bit more of a, of a, of a, of a hope there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree. Like I was like, Whoa, like we watched an hour and a half to get this, this one little demo. That was like, this is it. This is, this is the rock star moment. <laughs> it, it really, it kind of was. And it, it, it blew by and it wasn't it's almost like they didn't make a big enough deal of it um it's there are a couple of third-party apps out there that kind of do this a little and they just got completely sherlocked those guys are doomed like they because this is easy it's built in it's no setup it's quote-unquote free like you know some people think it's an m1 feature but actually you can use it with intel max Mm -hmm. So you can use, I think the minimum specs are like for a MacBook Pro, it has to be two, uh, 2016 MacBook Pro or later. And then like you can use uh, a 2015, 27-inch iMac. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's, it's super cool. cool. Yeah. Super cool. And, they and that's, that's a pro feature. Like that's the kind of thing, mm -hmm. like if they would have said this is only for the iPad Pro, I'd be totally cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I would get that. I'm glad they didn't because yeah. it's artificial. Yeah, sure. but, but I, but I, I, I would understand because those are the people who are going to want to going to want to use that feature. 
Yeah, that would be a cool feature to get in-house and, and try. Yeah, that's we'll, we'll, we'll that's try it for a day and then never use it again. But, <laughs> but for the people who want it, it'll be, it'll be awesome. I, I can see I, myself I, using that across my my iMac and my laptop all the time. Uh, what else? What else is cool that uh, we should be make sure we should uh, I, cover? iCloud Plus is yes. a neat right. benefit to yeah. people who pay for storage plans. Which I think is a lot of people now because of the Apple One and because five gigs is not enough, and it's still five gigs. <laughs> they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't give us any free storage, but they did uh, do that thing where if you're transferring to a new device, they'll loan right. you iCloud space if as you don't much have as enough. You need yeah, for like three weeks. Yeah, for a backup. Cool. That's just a for a backup to restore idea. the backup, and that's great because if you don't have an iCloud backup, setting up a new device is totally painful. Yeah. Um, so that and was they good. tried numerous things over the years, like you know, app. What do they call apps? Uh, a binning or something where they 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 tried different ways to get people who were on those free storage plans to get to upgrade without jumping through hoops. But it was never perfect. Mm-hmm. This is just you know, listen. If you have uh, 20 gigs of stuff, we'll give you the space you need to easily upgrade. But the iCloud Plus stuff is cool. I was waiting for. Uh, you know, the inevitable, oh, and it'll cost $5 a month or whatever it is, but no, they just like, listen, if you pay, you got it, yep. which is awesome. So that stuff is, it's, it's all privacy um, things that most people might not need need or, or, or know about, but once you hear about it, they're, they're really useful. The most obvious um, I, one is the the rerouting your, their partner is yeah. Cloudflare. They didn't mention it, but everyone's figured it out by trying it. Uh, if you, um, it, your your IP address and your, to, oh, your identity, your sort of identity and your IP address are separated, encrypted, and Apple knows one but not the other, and their partner Cloudflare knows the other one but not the first, right. and that makes it so that you're hard to pin down by yeah, a third-party site. IP address, location, and browsing activity. It's basically a VPN for Safari, right? It, it's not really. All your data is not necessarily going through this in, a, in that way, and it's separating out the encryption um, – in, in kind of two different blocks uh, so n- neither one has the ability to know everything um they they kind of apple kind of promoted this as a research project i think last year and then this is them productizing it uh it's cool um yeah. it's not going to work in certain countries where the government really wants to watch you there's like about there's about eight yeah, countries it's it's not going to work in but other most notably china yeah, that's the big one, but there's a handful of others. Um, it's, I mean, they got to comply with the laws in those countries. It right. sucks, but they can't just like, if if Apple just did it anyway and took a stance, they would suddenly find that all their products are forbidden in that country. <laughs> that's how that, that's, that's, that's how that would go. So um, Apple didn't say whether that the uh, iCloud private relay. They didn't say mm-hmm. if that was on by default, did they? They did not say uh, in uh, in the first developer beta stuff. It's not. Um, it, it's it turns on when you subscribe to iCloud Plus, but it's also just for Safari traffic. It's not for anything else you do online. So like a VPN, you you, you set up a VPN connection. Everything you do is doing online. This is only what's happening in Safari. So if you were doing something in an app. Yep. Absolutely. There's mm-hmm. also a, a hide my email thing 
where you can um, basically generate a random email. You're kind of like the um, the sign in with Apple thing. Yeah. Where it generates a random email that you can use as a forwarding email, except yeah. it's not just for new sign ins. Right. Right. Now you can just do it for whatever. Yeah. Very cool. Love that yeah. a lot. Yeah, that, that was kind of kind of an underrated thing that iCloud Plus. Uh, also, we had completely and totally surprised. We we didn't even hear whispers about that. I use a uh, Hotmail account for for those for those oh, signups where I know I'm gonna get spam. Yeah. It's not yeah, hot. So it's, you, you use a Hotmail account in your garage with your three thousand dollars Mac. Exactly. I am just old. <laughs> I am an old man. So, uh, Microsoft doesn't even call it Hotmail anymore, but I like to call it Hotmail yeah. because <laughs> I use it for spam. So that kind of hot. It's yeah. Hotmail. I, I get it. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I do like the idea that I can generate a couple of fake email addresses and yeah. use them very in, in pointed areas and know who's selling my data. Right. For sure. I mean, we, we all have, you know, Roman makes a joke, but we all have those emails that are just for crap. Yeah. Yes. And this will be a way where you don't have to have that. You just, it's part of your, your iCloud and it's just, you know, it, you know, I have to also worry about your personal email address getting tons yep. of stuff attached to it. Yeah. And they're, they're working. This is not a, this is just a, an app update, but in mail, the mail app is going to start hiding things like hiding your IP from tracking pixels and stuff like that. That's as optionally you can turn it on, but you know, who, who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> so that those are good things. Is, is it weird that the only service now that's not a plus is Apple music and they just announced something that could have easily turned it into Apple music plus. Yeah, that's true. That's All this spatial audio and, and lossless stuff could yeah, have been a you plus. You could have added a plus there. Why not? One feature that, I think it's pretty cool, and I may end up using this feature more now, is, is the offline support for Siri. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, man. this this is I've asked for this for so many years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> First of all, just as a privacy thing, making every Siri request have to go over the Internet, be processed there, come back to your device, even if all you're doing is turning on a timer or something, was dumb yeah and it's weird cr- that apple continued to do that for so many years right even after um dictation worked offline it's like they were separate silos for some reason i, I just don't i don't get it but now yes you get as you your iphone has a speech model on it and you can be in airplane mode and use siri all you want it only hits the internet if it needs information from the internet so all those every other siri function turning on for your flashlight, setting dark mode, timers, alarms, anything you can do on your, even just reading your recent messages, you know, you can do that offline. It's, you'll just read the most recent messages that came in. It's awesome. It's fast too. They yeah. gave it demo well, it, of the speed and it's I mean, so I fast. To say that it's, it's, I mean, it has to be faster because we're not using the, I mean, it's all yeah. on device now. Yeah. So Apple talked about how they're, they're using the neural engine in their processors, but uh, curiously, the offline processing is not available on the Mac or on M1 Macs, at least yeah. right, not right now, which seems like a weird omission. And the Mac always gets Siri features like three years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. does seem like a weird uh, kind of like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing at Apple kind of a situation. The offline Siri stuff requires an A12, which means you need to have an iPhone 10s or 10R. Or better, um, it's the first chip with the newer engine. Was the was it the A11 Bionic, I think, and it doesn't work with that. So mm. you need to have a neural engine, and it needs to be an A12 or later. 
in order to use that offline Siri stuff. Of course, by the time this comes out this fall, that'll be every iPhone of the last like four years. Cause it'll be, yeah. we'll be on a new iPhone. So speaking so of support, um, it's super impressive that Apple hasn't dropped any iPhones or iPads or Apple watches for that matter. Yeah. Um, supporting the new, the new OS is oh. a couple of Macs got, got, got chopped. Not, mm-hmm. not a ton. Maybe, uh, I think two MacBook Air models and, uh, maybe an iMac or two, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, to support, go back to this, to the iPhone 6S is just like, wow, that's, that's awesome. There are a couple, there are a handful of features that are exclusive to newer hardware, but, and that's the way they should do it. Don't cut everyone off from all this other stuff just because for a couple of features. I'm just still shocked, yeah, that the iPhone 6S, you could have an iPhone 6S and get this new. If it, was, it was only like six years ago, but it feels like it was like a decade ago. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, that was so long ago, jeez. There are any other features that stood out to you guys that you thought maybe it wasn't in the keynote that you found through research that you were like, hey, that's pretty cool. There was one that, shoot, there was one that I, I, I wanted to bring up and I can't remember the name of it. It's, it's the, it's the, um, it's the augmented reality where you can make a 3D model using your iPhone camera. Oh, that's a developer tool. Yeah. Yeah. That's also, a, that's actually a macOS Monterey thing. Right. The tool is on macOS Monterey and then you use your iPhone and it helps you make an AR 3D object. Yeah. So instead of having to resort to, you know, of the traditional means of making a 3D model, yeah, you can use this tool and they should have demo it. It looks pretty cool. It's not really something for for consumers. It'd be nice to see if they can find a way to I don't know how you would make it applicable to consumers. Object capture, that's the name of it. So basically when you want to do an object capture, it creates like a dome over the object and then you kind of pan your camera around it. And the dome lights up to show you that you've completed this section of the dome. And then it, when you're done, it goes off and it makes a 3D model of that particular object. It's, it's neat. Cool. Yeah. It's a yeah. cool way of using all that LiDAR and stuff. Does it require an iPhone with LiDAR? Or? I was going to ask that. I believe it does, yes. Yeah. So. But, I mean, honestly, if, if what you're doing is trying to create 3D objects and stuff, going out there and spending 500 bucks on a new iPhone just to do this would be the cheapest thing in the world. Um, my favorite kind of, um, uh, I guess, feature that was under the radar uh, for the Apple Watch, which we haven't talked about at all, and there wasn't a ton new, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, true. Some, some stuff. But um, you, so the always-on display will work with apps now. So it's not just going to be the, the, the watch face. So if you have hmm. a timer or, or a stopwatch or whatever that's on there, you can keep that on the on your wrist so you can kind of glance at it without having to tap it open it open oh yeah yeah that makes a so lot of sense for things like timers yeah, super stuff. useful yeah. And, and yeah watch os was it was fine i mean it, it, it's, it's it's a watch i mean what, what can they really do <laughs> they're, they're going in they can do yeah they're going in on the mindfulness stuff and everything yeah but, that's fine yeah. fitbit does that too i mean yeah like, like we said earlier that's cool uh it's new apple watch stuff is so tied to new hardware you know, yeah. it's it's watch OS doesn't usually get huge things. The, the the keys and stuff has potential like hotel keys and yeah, uh, your 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 driver's license and vaccine stuff like that's that's cool to have to have on your wrist. But again, it, it yeah. has to be supported by things and it's not. And that's as much a part of your iPhone wallet thing as, as being on your wrist. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're doing sleeping respiratory rate too, which is, you know, okay. There was one thing, um, and this is like super niche, but still kind of cool. When you ask Siri to do something on your phone and your phone is locked, it will require you to unlock your phone. Like a lot of things, setting timers or adding a reminder and stuff like that, right? You have to, and you have to go look at face ID or something to unlock your phone, right? Um, they're extending that whole unlock with your Apple Watch to those things. Mm. Oh, okay. So that's that's very cool because now you don't like if you talk to your phone. There's a whole bunch of Siri stuff that it won't do until you unlock your phone. Then you have to go pick it up and stare at your Face ID or something. Now you won't have to do that if you're wearing your Apple Watch. It'll be just like the the face unlock when you're wearing a mask or something. So. Just another little smoothing things out with your Apple Watch. Smoothing out the flow of how you have to do stuff. That's cool, though. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, this, this the entire WWDC, it was like an hour and a half. It, you know, it was a ton of stuff. Yeah. But it was all just very much interconnected, more so than usual. Like, I know Apple is very much into you. If you have this item, you should buy this one. But even more so, it just really felt like Apple was just working on you know bringing this ecosystem and in so inter- interconnected that one first of all one device isn't enough and once you're there you're like you, you're just you're not leaving yeah <laughs> like that's it you know yeah. Yeah. yeah the features lost from deciding you want a windows laptop or something it's just gonna yeah. be so much yeah. that yeah so yeah they're making the ecosystem sticky and they're really and i have to i wonder like you know they got a bunch of court cases going on that are talking about <laughs> this kind of stuff yeah, you, you know. have to wonder how much of this has like a framework where everyone else right. can play, or how much of this right. is really just right. Apple stuff. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, opening up FaceTime to—that's that's helpful, and you know, these, these, they're throwing a bone to you know Android <laughs> users here and there. But I wonder, like, like if the if that Epic case comes down on the wrong side, or one of these regulatory cases come down, like, what happens to this stuff? How does it change? How does it open? Yeah, curious. I don't know if you know if Apple cares. They might just say, "Well, whatever. We're, this is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> go, go buy a, go buy an Android phone. We don't care." <laughs> well, we have full coverage of WWDC on our website. We've got articles on iOS, macOS, watchOS, iPadOS, iCloud Plus, all kinds of stuff. So go to our show notes to get links. You can go to the website, the homepage, check it out. It's all there on MacWorld.com. That does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 746. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the podcast via the podcast app or on Spotify or on whatever app you use for podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you next time. sneeze and it didn't happen so. <laughs> I hate that feeling you have to look into a bright light <laughs>
serious like right no, when did, yeah it, i'm looking at one now it didn't it work <laughs> it, no, the, the sensation came and went I, it was too late yeah so um i i you know i heard that myth and i'm like that's that doesn't it totally works <laughs> and i'm i'm the biggest skeptic of that kind of thing but it absolutely works i don't know why yeah, it must be, yeah. 